0: Welcome back, friends. Thanks so much for joining Multifamily Streamline for Episode 5. I'm Leslie Mathis, the founder of Streamlined Multifamily Group, and also the asset manager for Woodfield Development. With everything going on right now, it's been really hard to get all of our interviews lined up and scheduled, and um, obviously, travel has been very challenging. So today, we're going to do things a little different, and hopefully, for our next episode, We will be able to get back to our interviews that we have lined up and um, or maybe we'll just have to do a surprise guest or um, I really want to interview my husband who builds a multifamily asset. So he's a little on the shy side. So we'll see if we can convince him to come on maybe for the next episode and tell us all things construction because uh, so many of us are in the construction phase of our careers. So I think it would be really fun to hear from a project manager. So anyways, um, as I said, we're going to do things a little different today. And I thought I would go ahead and share my full story with everybody. Um, again, in light of everything that's going on with the coronavirus and all the stress that everybody's under and trying to figure out how we are going to manage this and what are our next steps and what does this mean for our residents and what does this mean for our teams. I thought it would be fun to be a little more lighthearted today and maybe somebody will just get a kick out of my own personal story. Um, while I'm not on the management side and I'm not Um, an RPM anymore, I can tell you that today, March 14th, my day exploded and it was full of all things getting prepared and um, talking through what our best practices are going to be and trying to make sure that our initiatives aligned with our partners and with our management companies. So um, while I didn't have a full dose of what you all might be going through right now, I had just a taste and I know that it can be really overwhelming. So, again, we will try to maybe lift some spirits or take your mind off of it a little bit and um, just have a little more fun today. So, I thought I would share my story, and it all started in January of 2001. I had decided that I was going to leave Panama City, Florida, and head to North Carolina, and I was chasing a dream on a wing and a prayer. And so I had never really lived in a true apartment. Um, well, let me take that back. I, my first apartment was after college when I got my first job in Montgomery, Alabama. My dad had helped me move there and he helped me get my first apartment. So it was a studio apartment with a Murphy bed. And I thought that was going to be really cool until about day three when I hated it. So I think it's interesting today that we're building some micro units. Um, we're bringing the Murphy bed back. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, but that was my first true experience with an apartment. And um, long story short, I, I it was fun and I enjoyed it. But um After that experience, I moved back home and I was kind of just lost and didn't know what I was going to do. So I had been to North Carolina the summer before and loved it and just had this dream that I was going to live on Lake Norman. So I left home and I didn't tell anybody what I was doing. I stopped to see a friend in Atlanta and then um, I decided it was time to move on and go to North Carolina. So I, I, made the journey from Atlanta to north of Charlotte. And I got there on a Sunday night and I called my mom and dad and said, hey, listen, I just want to let you know where I'm at. And my dad said, well, what are you doing? And I said, I think I'm going to stay here. And he was like, okay. Okay. Um, My mom was really upset because I wasn't honest with her, so she didn't talk to me for a few days. I'm an only child, so it's the only time in my life that my mom didn't talk to me, and I've done some pretty bad things, so um, she was just hurt, I guess, because I didn't tell her my plans. So the next day, I started my apartment search, and I honestly don't remember how I did that, but it must have been by a book, like an apartment guide book or um, apartment finder or one of those books, because we didn't have online back then, because remember, it was 19 years ago. So I went to look at this apartment community. And for whatever reason, the mo- the manager, not the mom, the manager toured me that day and I Uh, as we were walking the property and she was showing me around, it was brand new and they were very unique. They did weekly, monthly, and short-term leasing, all one bedrooms. She said that she had fired her housekeeper on Friday and I was more than willing to take the job and I could start tomorrow. So (laughs) I said, sure, I'll take it. And um, that was kind of and we went on and we looked at the apartment and it was a true one bedroom but 440 square feet so you can imagine it was small and it didn't even have a balcony and had the hotel style catwalk in the front and y'all that just was not my dream I remember I wanted to live on Lake Norman and in true prospect fashion I said to her hey um I I'm going to go look around and I'll call you later. And she said, okay, no problem. And um, I laughed and I went down to exit 28 and toured an apartment community on the lake. And it was my dream. And I told the leasing consultant, sign me up. Like, what do I need to do? And she said, okay, let's go back to the office and you can fill out an application. And then I just need proof of income. And I said, well, well, hold on. What's that? She goes, you know, like your check stub. And I said, oh, no, no, no. Listen, I need an apartment and a place to live. No, no, no. I need a a place to live and a job. And so she said, oh, well, you will need a job to get an apartment or you can do a co-signer. And I didn't want my dad to co-sign. Like I wanted this to be my thing. It was my dream I was chasing. And I just felt devastated by the news so I remember getting back in my car and for whatever reason I I headed north I don't know what I was doing maybe I was going back to the hotel I I can't remember today but I stopped at a payphone I called my dad and he said listen Les just come home I will help you move up there but let's do it the right way I don't know anybody so just come home And I remember crying, standing there on the payphone, telling my daddy I was not coming home, and I needed to figure it out. And so, after I calmed down, I told him about this apartment community I had been to, where they did weekly and monthly, and they were furnished units, and it was really out of my price range. And um, he said, you know, it's not a bad idea. You could just try it out for a week and then maybe you can find something more affordable, but that will be less expensive than staying in a hotel. I said, oh, okay, and then I told him about this job opportunity. He was like, Leslie, I, I think that sounds like a good idea. You can stay there for a week, take the job, and then you'll you'll have a better idea of what you need to do. So I called the manager back and I said, Hey, I want to, I want to start tomorrow if it's okay. And she said, of course, just come on in at 10 o'clock. And, um, I said, yeah, and I need a place to stay tonight. And she said, okay, well, I will just leave a key in the, um, the box for you and you can decide tomorrow when you come in for work, if you want to do weekly or monthly. And I said, okay, great. And so I went and I got my key and I went to work the next day at 10 o'clock in the morning. And the best part about that story is I worked for that company for over seven years and I never filled out a job application or did a drug test. So things have really changed since then, but I... I'm not a housekeeper, and I'm not even good at it to this day. And I'm sure they recognize that. But I started at, obviously at a very entry level position. And on like day two or three, I w- was asked to come into the office and help and quickly was promoted to assistant manager and then manager of that property. And I, that property was always in my portfolio as long as I worked for that company. So it was a lot of fun, but definitely fell into the industry and worked my way up. I always share my story because I want y'all to know, like as I share my ideas or tips or tricks with you, I just want you to know that I truly have walked a mile in most of your shoes. I've painted apartments. I've planted flowers. I used to clean my own pool. Um, I've done laundry. I I've really I've done it all and I want you to know that I get what you do and I also understand that while we don't perform, you know, brain surgery, we really are dealing with a lot of complex situations and we probably just don't get the credit for what we actually do in a day. We we are responsible for millions and millions of dollars. We run a team sometimes of more than 10 people on site. If we're a regional, we often have teams of 50 people or more sometimes, and our portfolio is worth hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, that's a big deal, y'all. And so as our industry has changed and evolved, I've really tried to keep up with that. And I think I now offer a different perspective too. just coming from, you know, the operation side to now working for the ownership side. I really can relate to what you have going on. And I hope that these will just be things that will make your life easier. I also wanted to share some funny stories with you guys to keep it lighthearted. And I was really coming up blank tonight, so I thought that we would talk a little bit about strategy because with everything going on, you still have to make sure that your property is performing. So I want to give you just a few tips and tricks about strategy or providing communication to your ownership or your leadership group. To get the answers quickly, especially with all that you have going on right now. And then I also wanted to do a budget check-in to see how we're progressing towards our goals for 2020. And if there's anything we can do to try to either move forward and um, exceed our expectations or... Try to make up that miss. And again, there's going to be so much going on the next couple weeks. Maybe listening to this, one, will take your mind off of probably all that you have going on. And then two, I hope that it'll just give you a few tips and tricks to move things along a little quicker from an approval process. So again, it's March 14th, and I'm just now recording this and it needs to be uploaded. But as I think through that, I can't believe that it's already in the middle of March and it's almost the end of the first quarter. So have you done your check-in? Have you checked your financials? You're probably getting ready to close out for March. You probably, you know, some of you are closing out now and some of you are, you know, 10 days away from closeout and, you know, there's probably some of you that are right there in between. How are we doing? How are we progressing towards those goals? Do we need to put a plan in place to either push ourselves a little harder and exceed what we've already set? Or are we already at a miss and we need to make up some ground? So we're going to talk about strategy. And we're going to talk about how we're going to approach that We can do it, we can focus on our goals that we already set for 2020, or we can talk about some of the things that might be coming up right now from a leasing perspective or from operations. So the one thing I want you to hear when we talk about strategy is it's facts, not feelings. We can talk about our feelings all day long when it comes to marketing, especially when it comes to branding, But when we're talking about strategy or we're looking for an approval from our leadership or ownership group, we have to approach it with facts. We have to leave the feelings out. I never want you to say, I feel like, I feel if we do this, y'all, that's going to delay your approval process. But if we approach it from a factual standpoint, Because my three top competitors have lowered their rent $150 this week, and now my rent is $250 more than theirs, I need to lower my rent by $100 to achieve the goals we set forth from a leasing velocity perspective. You are going to get an answer on your approval request much quicker than if you say, I feel like we're priced too high as compared to our competitors. They're going to ask you a million questions. So we have to approach it from facts, not feelings, especially when we're asking for an approval of some sort. What I want you to know is that I live this philosophy every single day. The way that most of our deals are structured, we have an equity partner that we have to have their buy-in before we can move forward. So I have to approach it from a factual standpoint. I kind of call it the say yes theory. I approach it in a manner of what I need to achieve, the information they need so that I can get the response that I want. And that's how I want you to start approaching strategy for your property or the approval request that you're sending out to your owners or your leaders. remember, You want to give them all the information so that you can get a yes in response. The say yes philosophy is providing all details needed to receive the outcome you're looking for. Whatever it is that you need approved, you want to give them the facts that they need to approve it. This is how you're really going to start thinking like an owner. You have to think about what's important to the group you're sending the request to And then that's the information you need to give them. Everybody's a little different. We have to remember that. We have to think about our audience. We want to give them a reason to say yes. We're going to take our strategy a step further, like I said, and think like an owner. We're going to map out the answers to the questions that you think that they're going to request. What do owners really want to know? What do CEOs really want to know? What do your clients want to know? They really want to know what the impact is to the bottom line, but we have to give them some more details too. The goal is to provide all the details, receive no questions, and a yes in response or approved. I always feel like when I send back approved in my initials, it has to be a smile on the manager's face because that's all they were looking for, right? That's how we need to think about it. The strategic plan is dictated by the opportunity, However, all should include where you are, where you are going, how you get there, and what is the impact to the bottom line. I recently was in a strategic planning meeting, and the coordinator, he kept saying, and this was, I think, so brilliant. He kept saying, what is the question, what is the solution, and what is the impact? That's what we need to think about when we're talking about strategy. Today, more than ever, we're a chaos coordinator. Really, I always say this on site, we're, we're performing under controlled chaos, especially if you're on a lease up or a renovation project or you have some big CapEx projects going on. Lots of us today don't get to just manage um, a stabilized deal that's just running like a top. There's so much going on in our industry. So we have to... I call it hurting the cats. Like we have to figure out how to manage that chaos that we're living in every single day. And now more than ever, we have so much added to our plates. Right now, we are going to have to remember to slow down, stop rushing, stop trying to multitask, do one thing at a time there's going to be times in your day where you are going to have to multitask and you're going to need to do a couple things at one time. But if you need approval on something, if it's a letter to go out about the coronavirus, or if it's pricing that you need approved, like things that are really big that need your undivided attention, you're going to have to stop Slow down and think about what you're sending out. It's going to save you time in the long run. I promise. Even if you think you are the best multitasker there is in our industry, do me a favor. All the big stuff that you have going on right now, I want you to focus on that. Check it off your list and then go to the next thing. If you have little things going on, hey, try to multitask those things out. But the big stuff I'm asking you, begging you, please just do those one thing at a time. So what is strategy? As defined by Webster's, strategy is a plan of action designed to achieve a manner or overall aim. Strategy is a high-level plan to achieve one or more goals under conditions of uncertainty. And then the definition keeps going on. So how do we deploy this on our property? We're going to communicate effectively and give them a reason to say yes. I've probably said that a number of times, but I want you to hear that. We're going to give them the information they need to give you the response that you were looking for. We're going to provide forward-thinking communication to the ownership group without being prompted. What does that mean? My trend is dropping below 90% because I received 10 notices today. I'm going to send out communication to whoever needs to go to before they ask, I'm going to let them know that I'm on it. Communication during the tough times evokes confidence from the higher level. If they don't have to ask you, if they know you're on it, they're going to be so much quicker to approve your recommendations than if they have to ask you, because then they're already going to be irritated. So again, if you got 10 notices today, you're going to give them a heads up and say, Hey, listen, I got 10 notices. This is why I've called every single one of them. I can't save them. So this is what I need to do over the weekend. I'm going to run, you know, a hot unit special and I'm going to price them at this, this, and this, and this is why. And then you're going to send that out to them. And then you're going to get a response pretty quickly. Or at least that's the goal. And if negative trade-out is important to them, like knowing that information, you're going to include it. You're going to stop for a second, write down a couple things that you know will be important to your leadership group or your ownership group. And you're going to include that in the bullet points you send to them in an email. You're going to make it easy for them to read. This is the time you're not going to write them a novel. You're not going to give them huge... You know, spreadsheets that they can't read on their phone while they're, you know, trying to commute home from work or while they're trying to approve all these other things they have going on. Because remember, who you need approval from typically has more properties than just you. So they have a lot going on. So we're trying to make it as easy as possible so we have the tools that we need to meet their goals. Every strategic plan should include where we are currently, where are we going, or what is the final goal, define how you will get there, and what is the timeline. We can't, you know, achieve a 5% increase in occupancy in five days, but most likely there's not an ownership group out there that's going to allow us to do it in five months. So we have to provide a reasonable timeline, and then we have to hold ourselves accountable to that. And then most importantly, what is the impact to the bottom line? How does that price reduction affect your rent roll? What does the concession you need to offer do to other income? What does the increase to expenses look like? And how does all of that impact our bottom line? We have to include that information. If we include it, I promise you will get a quicker approval like I said, we have to minimize the words. We have to provide step by step actions and the expected results. We have to keep the word count to a minimum. They will approve things much quicker if they don't have to read a novel. Because think about it think about how many emails you get in a day. They're getting just as many. We're all drowning in a sea of emails. So we have to keep things concise and to the point. Of course, There's a few folks out there that want a novel and a spreadsheet and a pie chart and a line graph. Listen, if you're working with those folks, give it to them. But what I'm telling you is I ask this question all the time. I had the conversation today actually with another asset manager. The reason we didn't get pricing approved in a timely manner is because it was sent over in a format that was really hard for us to navigate through. We opened it up. And it was a Word doc, and it had so many words and such an amount of information overload that we just had to table it until we had more time to really sit down and focus on. Y'all, that wasn't fair to the team, but that's the reality. We cost them probably three days of leasing activity because that's how long it took us to get back to doing it. If you do this, if you minimize the words, if you keep things to a a bullet point or very few sentences and you're short and concise, I promise you will get an approval so much faster than if you do it your old way of providing all of these words. Not only are we drowning in a sea of emails, we're just drowning in tons and tons of words that half the time don't mean anything to what we need approved. They hold no value. It was a waste of your time. And now it's a waste of mine to have to weed through all of that and get to the information that I need. Then I have to extract it out and figure out what I need to do. And this plan specifically didn't include any type of impact to the bottom line. It included other reports that I had to request. So that all took longer for me to understand if we do this plan that they took all this time to put together, what what did that really mean to my rent roll? And so I had to make that calculation. And again, it delayed the process of approval. They received approval at call it five o'clock tonight. So what's the likelihood of any of that getting rolled out for the weekend? It's not very likely. And especially considering that we have um, other things going on now, like now we've lost probably another few days for it to really hit the market and provide any type of impact. The likelihood of my team doing some type of follow-up over the weekend, maybe this weekend it will work out, but not on most weekends. They're busy touring units. So I promise, like, if you take this information and you implement it, even on some of your smaller things that you're asking for approval for, you will get you will save yourself time, you will save your asset manager frustration or your leadership group or your ownership group, and you'll get what you need much quicker so that you can do your job more effectively. And then the last thing we'll talk about today, because I also go into strategy in more depth in my class through the eyes of an asset manager. So I hope you can enjoy, you can join me for one of my classes. But we even do some case studies, we talk more about um, how we can do this more effectively, we look at more examples, we look at different formats, which, you know, obviously on a podcast, we can't do. But the other thing I want you to hear about strategy, and it might be the most important thing, other than the impact to the bottom line, is when to pivot. So, you put all this plan in place, you did everything that I asked of you, you gave them a short, concise format, you gave them all the information they needed, they gave you an approval, you're happy, you've implemented, you've rolled it out, and you're doing your very best. And then, crickets no results, no leases. No improvement on expenses, whatever the strategy out was outlined for nothing it 's not working. We have to know when to pivot i 'm the world 's worst, and sometimes i 'm not patient enough to let a special or new pricing be out online long enough, but you 've got to know when it 's time to pivot if you 're seven days in. Ten days in, and your strategy is not working. You've got to raise your hand, and you've got to tell the group that we have to try something new, and you have to put a new plan in place. Hopefully, you'll have a reason why your competitors are now offering six months free, um, they're giving away apartments, whatever the reason is. Like, hopefully, you'll know why your your plan didn't work. But even if you don't, it is much better. To raise your hand and say, hey, this isn't working. I don't know why, but we need to try this, this, and this. And this is why. Then to sit and just have no results. So again, if, you're, if you have rolled out your plan and things aren't working or you're not receiving the, the desired results, then we have to pivot. All right, guys. I think that's enough today for strategy. If you have any questions, feel free to drop me a line, send me a text, email me. My contact information is on my splash page and I'm happy to help anytime. I hope you all hang in there right now. I know times are a little tough, but hopefully it will pass quickly and we will look back on this as a growing and a learning experience. I appreciate all of you and please work on strategy I promise it will make your life easier. Take care. See you back in two weeks.